BK3 Studios presents the Impression Series podcast, where we talk to creators, businesses, people like you and me who are improving lives and creating an impression every day. We share stories of people who've been working hard, people who've been challenging the status quo, and people who are a brand in themselves or are building a brand in their lives. From BK3 Studios, I'm your host Amandeep Singh and join me on this amazing journey of finding out these amazing stories from all around the world and I will see you in the next episode. Welcome Nikesh and uh, thank you so much for taking out time. I was looking forward to this conversation with you and equally excited to host you. Thanks a lot. A pleasure. Um, you know, uh, it's been a few months we've since we've spoken and uh, uh, from the first conversation we had uh, in, about doing this uh, podcast um, interview session, um, you know, you were very clear about uh, your interest in some of the technical work that goes behind Indian Noir, and you know that is something I'm always very excited to talk about. Uh, and uh, um, so, thank you for having me and giving me an opportunity to do so. It's an honor and a pleasure, Nikesh. So, as you rightly mentioned, that you know, I've been uh, we've right from the initial conversations, we've been pondering over, you know, having a conversation around the technical stuff that goes into your show. So, to kick kickstart things, uh, once you've recorded the vocals, how do you approach the edit table? So, there are two approaches that I'm familiar with. One is that you edit, you record, keeping the edit in mind. Another one is you edit on the go once you're sitting at the edit table. What is your approach and how do you start your editing workflow? Yeah, so in terms of the audio editing workflow, I usually, Indianuar is, is, is produced on a Monday to Sunday schedule wherein uh, from Monday to Thursday or Friday, I take the time to write the episode, uh, rewrite it, and then do a, a polish. Uh, and then on a Thursday or a Friday night, I will record it and then post that. Um, <clears throat> the longest amount of time is spent on the edit table, cutting the narration cut, which mm -hmm. will be you know going through the narration. I often do multiple takes of the dialogues, so yes. pick the one that's most appropriate um, and then create a cut of that, uh, making sure that the gaps between uh, the, each of the dialogues or the sentences are, um, are you know, more suited mm -hmm. to the narration style of, um, uh, of of audio delivery versus perhaps the interview style or some uh, piece where people are trying to provide information um, in an audio byte format. Um, and so once that is done, um, I uh, put that through a processor that will clean out all the uh, excessive noise that might have mm. happened during the uh, recording. I, I'm in, based in the middle of uh, Sydney, so, you know, the mm -hmm. city is always noisy. So there's mm. always sounds that get in. So the filters enable me to remove that, any plosives, uh, any mm. sibilance that are excessive and are uh, ruining the design, um, are ruining the narration cut, sorry. And then once that is done, and then I put it into uh, the door again, uh, mm. to layer the sounds uh, and then it's the the workflow involves mostly uh, picking the right kind of bgm for the right segments um, mm. uh, and uh, then obviously choosing the right kind of sfx to uh, go into some of the areas where uh, it might um, 
enhance uh, the the listening experience and and the the core principle always has been mm-hmm. is that my voice takes precedence over the sfx which uh, the bgm which takes precedence over the sfx sfx is used very sparingly um so it's more that the voice should be doing most of the work and mm-hmm. everything else there mm-hmm. is to just enhance the experience of uh, what someone is listening so things like orienting orientating helping them orientate um mm. through the envi- environment that they find themselves in by listening to a particular segment in the story or um to build suspense or uh, to help them imagine a particular creature or a, or a situation um you know so um but the the, the focus is always on uh, providing good writing and then narrating it really well and then to use that to create a theater of the mind which mm-hmm. is further supplemented by BGM and SFX um so keeping this in those core principles in mind uh you know i just go through and i layer the sounds and then uh, obviously in the end uh, produce and f- uh, produce a a final cut um mm-hmm. that's usually 15 to 20 minute long sometimes they can last there are episodes that have gone up to 45 minutes but yes. generally the aim is to have a 15 to 20 minute cut great so one thing nikesh that that you mentioned and uh, you know i i second that plus i am also a very you know i'm also very vocal about it is that the main task has to be done by the vocals and background music and and you know folly and effects are just there to enhance the experience wherein most of the times most of you know uh, our fellow creators tend to do this mistake that they or not a mistake but they tend to misunderstand the importance of a strong voice over a background and they tend to you know overdo the background music what what are your th- what are the thoughts that are there in your mind when you are picking up the bgm because there is a whole lot of music there so what is the approach that you take to select the right kind of piece for your vo- vo- voice per episode yeah so this is a bit of a interestingly just a couple of days ago i was interviewed um quite extensively about um the 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 use of bgm and sfx in particular and the thing that mm-hmm. i said then is what i will say now as well it's mm-hmm. something you gain um get better at with time but to get better at it with time you actually need to be sitting on a vast library of music mm-hmm. that you can go through and that you can filter and that you can pick from so that you gain that experience of picking the right music for the right one because if you're restricted then you know of course you're going to make whatever choice you're limited to and they mm-hmm. can tend to be shitty choices so um so it's most a lot of the expenses in producing indie noir comes from maintaining Uh, music libraries they're often mm. the the kind of ones that are used in uh, hollywood movies so for example the um, in fear fm you a lot mm. of the music used are, are from professional hollywood libraries um that you would hear from in a lot of actual horror movies that people would have enjoyed in india over a long period of time so uh, there's the cost part of it but the i suppose what would be more illuminating for this discussion is the fact that the choices are dictated by my love for sound design in horror movies that i've mm. consumed over the years so i tend to um watch movies very closely and uh, at least in my mind comment on 
some of the choices that are made in the cinematography department, the 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 um, audio department, and having these sort of this this critical thinking has really mm-hmm. helped me when it came to designing sound for Indian noir as well. Uh, so, mm-hmm. to give you an example, uh, a recent episode of Fear FM, mm-hmm. uh, where um, there is. Um, let me think about it. let me think about one where i've actually used 3d sound uh, let me let me hearken to the um uh, indian noir x episode called the ruins mm-hmm. uh, which hopefully some of your audience uh, mm-hmm. has heard and if they haven't then please go over to indiannoir.com and find an episode it's just you know a singular story that's based on the experience someone has shared um, and it's about someone visiting uh, as a child. They were, they fell into these ru- you know ruins and they uh, encountered this this ghostly phenomenon. So that used a three D sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, obviously uh, the understanding there is from watching a lot of three D movies. Uh, um, uh, but obviously that will not translate well into audio because it's a totally different beast altogether. Mm-hmm. So um, then what happens, I suppose, is to use so i have a, a 3d sound production plugin uh, which is quite expensive that i use uh, mm-hmm. and i uh, use that to orientate uh, the sound in whichever direction from which it is coming i what i do is i put a sleep mask over my eyes and then i try to listen to the sound repeatedly to see if it's actually you know maintaining mm-hmm. the uh, directional uh, quality that it's meant to have and then uh, you know obviously place those sounds uh, but at the same time, I then go in and um, layer any SFX uh, and then try to use the plugin to s- situate that as well. And by that, what I mean is there is a sequence where uh, the, the child uh, um, is, is, is kind of um, uh, mm. uh, uh, walking around in the darkness and there is a ball that comes towards uh, um, him and obviously you can hear the ball rolling from front to towards them and at the same time, that's that's when you know you have to heighten the the, the mm. fear factor. So a, mm-hmm. a, um, a riser appears that uh, that gives people the warning that something terrible is going to happen, and then obviously mm. a ghost bursts out from the left hand side. So then the SFX is you know orientated in that manner from the left hand side, and then you do a pass of that entire section and see if they all work together. Is it too much sound? Um, mm. uh, sound play that people would get confused. The sound coming from the left, it's coming from the right, and then there's a riser. You know, is mm. is it too shrill for the audience? So then you kind of look at the pacing of how those elements are put together. So you know, uh, so all through that story, you'll see those choices had to be made, Correct. and this is probably why it takes so long to produce in Noir. So it takes about eight point five hours to produce fifteen minutes of content uh, because mm. you have to make this kind of creative, critical choices. Mm. Um, and 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 listen to it multiple times to see um, w- whether those choices are apt or something. If something new needs to be introduced, or if some something needs to be eliminated completely, um, so it's a whole. Um, it's a subset of those three things. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the 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 knowledge you gain from listening to. Um, audio in various creative mediums um, true, having true. the access to the sound library um, that will enable you to make these choices and then obviously combining these two and practicing thing, practicing the, the, the uh, art of sound production over a long time that then makes you uh, quite efficient at it. Amazing and you know this is the hard work that, that goes in so for 15 minutes as you said you know you take anywhere near 8.5 hours of uh, production hours 
so nikesh one another aspect of post production is you know going back to the so taking a break and going back to the edit table again and starting again or rather you know reviewing the work again and then something creative comes up again so what hap- what is what is your uh, approach as to at what point or is there a certain point where you decide that all right you know it's let me just take a break for say couple of hours and i'll come back and review the file again and then again you know uh, enhance it or take off something if something has been added do you do you do that and how often do you do that well this, this is a great great question amandeep no one's asked me this before and i think this pertains to a central belief i have that 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 you know you have attained a certain amount of professionalism in whatever creative um art you're doing um when you can confidently make a call that something's done and that repeatedly doing it is not going to enhance it in any other way and you get very good at making these decisions quicker as you gain confidence and you you know understand your craft and get and start mastering it obviously mm-hmm. that that you know the journey is never finished uh, to the day you die but still there is a point where you attain a certain amount of professionalism and so for me those steps happen in writing and they also happen at the edit table mm-hmm. so you write you rewrite you do a edit and then that's it there's no more going and tampering with it unless mm-hmm. there are serious um uh you know issues that pop up when you record it and you realize you've said a name wrong or something so that's something you fix in the edit table and that mm-hmm. rarely happens that probably happens like once in a an year all right okay um, uh, and so so on on the writing front you know again no no need to go back mm-hmm. and really fix things on the edit table um i get multiple opportunities to hear so when i do the narration cut i get to hear it so i can yes. pick and eliminate mistakes then uh you know i pay close attention at that stage and then the second one i i'm very very uh, attuned to it which is during the sound design mm. process i play pay very close attention and every choice i make i really think hard about it and once it's made it's made um there's no uh cutting mm. out things uh, at that stage and then obviously once that's all done then there is a final listen of the mm. uh, thing and by that stage there shouldn't be mistakes if i've done really well then there shouldn't mm-hmm. be issues again <laughs> once a year i will find something in that final listen and there are times when you know we're quite early on as well when i was just getting used to the process where mistakes have uh, happened and my biggest blunder is in in his night begins there is an exa- uh, there is a um uh, issue in one of the episodes where uh, it, it was a script error so in, mm-hmm. instead of saying indelible it says inedible and like you know someone actually did write in and say you know that there was this mistake and that, that's what i mean like you have to be very careful um but you know you have to give yourself um um some leeway as well you're human uh, you will make errors like especially right. like when when you're producing something at the scale and volume of indian noir it's going mm. to creep up uh, you know you're producing 15 minutes of audio every week uh, throughout the yeah. year and uh, you know 8.5 hours is and that's just for the easier shows usually if you do fan- if you're doing fantasy mm. uh, then you know that's that that doubles so um you know once in a while those mistakes will happen but um you build in the um the processes to mm. avoid those mistakes and uh, once it's done it's done and you put it out there uh, and obviously in the final cut if you hear a mistake you you know you, you're honor bound to go and fix mm. it you, you don't want your 
audience to consume rubbish. So uh, you need to True. go and fix that. So, but you know, in in time, you get very good at it and making those yeah. calls and deciding if it's done, it's done. One one question pertaining to you know this itself and. these questions are are experiential nikesh uh, you know on my on, on this journey of mine of podcasting and video creation and everything i have also developed a taste for you know having crisp clear vocals having you know just the right amount of music to support uh, or or add up the beauty or for for some client work also you know i've had the opportunity to create some emotions only with the use of music and just one line of vocal so a challenge that i that i not not a challenge but i would say a, a backup plan that i tend to keep i i you know i i i have no hesitation in calling myself uh, you know inexperienced when it comes to risk taking uh, is what i do is i give myself a buffer time so let's say if something has to if one of my episodes or one of my videos has to go live say say on a thursday i would ensure that the video is up and ready by tuesday and then i would go back again to you know the to to review the entire thing on wednesday so do you also give yourself a safety net uh once the edit is done or it's it's done when you mean it's done it's done when it's done and also like with the production schedule for um spotify i don't have the luxury to have those extra Ooh, days i have to get one out uh, every 3 weeks uh, every week for 3 weeks straight and then i tend to take a midweek break when i don't uh, a weeks break when i don't do much other or focus on other uh, projects or you know try to think of uh, new ways to promote into noir so um i i don't have the luxury of that time and i actually don't want that luxury i think that training yourself to operate mm. on a tight schedule actually uh, upscales your skills quite fast and uh you know you tend to make lesser mistakes when you are working under that kind of uh, time pressure and deadlines uh and it's self imposed and uh, you know no mm. one's standing over me with a stick uh, saying you should do it so that means mm-hmm. that you know your your chance of getting lazy is even high mm-hmm. so that's one more thing you try to transcend and i think every time you have this friction this difficulty mm-hmm. uh you tend to get better at doing something um so no i don't leave that buffer i it's it's very ideal i i mean i load your system and anyone listening to this they should be operating exactly like you uh that's it's it's a good way to manage any issues you might have in terms of error um errors creeping into the script true, or the final true. product you know absolute mm. must but the issue is that uh, the the nature of content creation now is that mm. you have to be super regular and you just true. can't afford to have too many gaps and um Absolutely. so you know it's just a matter of who's who has more endurance who has the <laughs> skill to maintain professionalism day in and day out while doing this so um it's it's a hard ask which is why not many people last um in in, Number, in this in yeah. the space and uh, that's true of way before this these things were even called contents mm. creation um platforms or spaces or artifacts you know <laughs> art in by itself art always existed in this in this space uh people who drill mm. themselves and are disciplined and almost destroy themselves doing it they True. tend to um find new avenues i'm not saying they're all going to be successful you know only a fraction of people can be successful it's just it's such a um, game of luck and and who you know and uh mm. you know timing and all that stuff but uh, you know if you're an artist it it opens up um more doors uh, in terms of yeah. knowledge and pathways for you 
Absolutely. So I'm glad that you brought up uh, regularity, consistency, Nikesh. But before you know, I, I uh, take your insights about the consistency aspect. One last question, which is again very close to my heart because that's where my attention always lies. In the beginning of our conversation, while you were taking us through your editing uh, workflow, you did mention that your vocals go through you know a certain filter, and then there are those you know add-on plugins that you use. So could you could you just share what is the uh, filtration process looks like one two three four as to what is what is it that you do first and then second and third and fourth to enhance the vocals from the raw file? Yeah, so I'll tell you exactly what I'll just open up the uh, plugin menu. So uh, what I use is Accusonus uh, Era Five is the package, mm-hmm. and it's a yearly subscription. So what we've got is uh, a um, a noise remover, yes, followed by a plosive remover, okay. followed by a deesser, uh, followed by a reverb remover, mm-hmm. and then there is an auto EQ that mm-hmm. will then uh, take out any discrepancies in the um, in the uh, voice. And by that, mm-hmm. what I mean is, if anything's been pronounced low, it'll mm-hmm. shoot it up to the normal level. Um, so you know, it does that. So those are exactly the five plugins that it uh, goes mm-hmm. through. And it's right. uh, by Accusonus, and it's called Era 5 uh, is what I use. And it's uh, quite easy to incorporate into my door, which is Hindenburg Journalist Pro. Again, it's got an annual subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so, uh, yeah, so that's that's what the narration cut goes through. How did you select Hindenburg Journalism Pro? Oh, it's the easiest one to use. It's the easiest door to use. It's very mm-hmm. intuitive. Uh, it's designed for journalists and, and yes. podcasters. Uh, it's very specific to our needs. It's so easy to load a plugin, for example. You really mm-hmm. don't even need to watch the tutorial to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's very simple. The interface is quite easy when you want to cut and edit it. And you know what? You want a door that mm-hmm. actually makes things easy for you when you have uh, a very arduous um, uh, production schedule. Got you it. really just want to uh, yeah. just get in there and be able to do the job with minimal um, stress and um um Hindenburg Journalist Pro provides that and you know it's 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 the industry standard now I think um <laughs> it's uh, they also have a different product for audiobook recording so you know they they're just very yeah. so they're so smart about um who they um want to cater to and how they want to service those clients I find the other doors are not quite interested in that they just want to load it up with features and mm. just make it bulky and unnecessary and yeah. um, you know the, in, particularly with podcasting the process is right. quite boring it's very simple it. you, lay, you layer a audio uh, uh, a voice track you layer a mm. bgm track and then you have an sfx track that's it that's it's it. just playing with these things and um you know you want something that a door that understands the simplicity of the process and enables you to do it quicker mm. than what you what what you Correct. expect it to be so yeah <laughs> Great. So now, uh, you know, steering the conversation towards uh, a very important aspect that you brought up, Nikesh, is, you know, being consistent. And as you rightly said, you know, there are there are a lot of uh, fellow creators who, of course, they go through the grinding for some time and then, you know, exhaustion kicks in or, uh, you know, uh, the, the fatigue kicks in because there is no immediate recognition. There is no instant gratification. Now, at a level that you've taken India Noir to. We've all, you know, heard your story as to how your journey has been so far. But 
as as you know i i firmly believe that it's very easy to reach the top but then maintaining yourself up to those quality standards takes a lot of courage and dedication what are some principles or or rather what are some steps you follow nikesh to ensure that you're on track and you're self motivated to to create what you what you want to create yeah i think look motivation is such a such a um hard thing uh for human beings i'm reading a book by a stanford professor at the moment um i think it's called the willpower doctrine and it's about willpower and you know mm-hmm. how it's like a muscle the more you use it you you get tired and then you're not able right. to um um pursue uh, uh mm. the, the 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 task you want to do with with gusto because you're so tired and you know that can happen in this process Um yeah. I think it's something you cannot afford to have in the beginning years at least the first two and a half three years of Indian New Year I had mm. to produce something every week and have something yeah. out there and um uh, be noticed and you know uh, cater to the audience's needs um mm. to get to a point where I could uh, you know reach uh, what one would describe as success um so th- there's no real way around it unfortunately in the current mm-hmm. environment because your your presence in the charts mm. your uh, presence in social media uh, you know your presence in for, for media houses to cover you uh, yeah. all all relates to you being relevant and current and consistent so at least in those beginning uh, years it's there's just no choice but to stick with it um so i kind of understood this intuitively um mm-hmm. but what made it easy for me was i was more interested in maintaining my writing habit and you know mm. doing this every week means i get to write regularly which means you stay in tune with the craft and you get better at it uh, mm. writing is one of those things if you stop writing then you just completely lose touch with it and then you start losing the skills quite quickly um so there was that but you know once i hit that 3 year mark obviously there is an element of fatigue that creeps in and so that's why i think now my schedule is more 3 weeks on and one week off even though mm-hmm. i have to uh, really peel myself away from working during that week i'm i'm not not very good at it but i have to get good <laughs> at it because it 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 enable me to have that week where i'm not doing the same thing again and again mm-hmm. um and that can be a good period to just read and watch other things and you know um so um so i suppose um what's key here perhaps at least in those mm-hmm. beginning years is finding a genre or a topic that you are regularly interested in mm-hmm. in any ways and one yeah. that you really want to master and so for that reason you will always be motivated to keep trying um so that's a good way to start off um outside of that uh i think that uh, you just have to understand the the landscape that you're operating mm. in and and what's demanded of you if you want to be a content creator um i don't describe what i create as content i describe mm-hmm. it as as art because i art. like to approach it as more as an artist and if i don't keep those elevated standards then i will be no different than people on instagram who just tap snap photos and put it up and yeah. um you know just I, I don't know what that is. That's called content as well. It makes no sense to me. Um, Got it. So um, you know, so I just I just think that a lot more goes into what I do. You know, there's the uh, skill of uh, being able to write. Uh, there's the skill of being able to narrate. Then there's the audio engineering skills. So um, you know, I want to respect that. And one of the ways in which you respect those things, and this is what I urge you to do, is to look at whatever you're doing and and elevate it to an art form, so you can give it the the practice and and devotion that it deserves 
then mm. uh, consistency and all those other things become a natural byproduct, at least for a while. It, mm. Eventually, you know, the, the 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 difficulty of doing this regularly will kick in, and that's when mm. you find strategies to uh, work around uh, those problems. And I'm I'm and I'm, I'm I'm glad that you that you you know sh- brought this very important thing, Nikesh, that you approach your work as art and not and not as content because. And and you know my my next uh, question for you is is related to you know the the way you approach your work now as a content creator you would do what the masses like and that's why we see so much of you know noise all over the platforms and as an artist an artist always has their own you know opinion their own psyche, their own perception of of the way they look at and and observe things and the audience automatically follows. Now, you uh, are one such person, right? So you're very vocal about what are your preferences, what are your choices, what are your thoughts on everything. What I wish to, uh, you know, ask you, Nikesh, is there is this this, uh, thing that a lot of creators go through that if i say this on social media i may lose my audience has it ever happened to you that something you've said or done has kind of you know brought out some negative feedback for you or or have you felt that you know i i should have said this in some other way so that people shouldn't you know stop following you has it ever happened to you no it hasn't because i i think i really don't um talk about things that are that 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 are that controversial anyways because mm. i don't have a lot of opinions on things that particularly don't on or not on things that i don't know of i suppose mm. the the things that i am vocal about the most is censorship of art and that's because yes. i'm an artist mm. uh you know i uh, i i uh, whenever i see anything happening on that front be it some kind of government censorship or like the woke crowd crowd mm. can you know cancel culture phenomenon with Got books <laughs> i really don't appreciate that because i think of those both extremities they are essentially the same thing it's a form of fascism and mm-hmm. i really really don't appreciate censorship in art because you should leave yeah. it up to the audience to make the call whether yeah. it's good for them or not um yeah. and then leave it at that so yes. uh, that's something i regularly talk about and i think everyone pretty much agrees with that sentiment. <laughs> so no one has ever written and said that's a wrong sentiment because that's what people want as well. So, you know, yeah. for example, you could look at horror yeah. and yes. think about it and go, this is just, this is terrible. These are terrible mm. stories about terrible things happening to good people or mm. about dead people coming back alive or, you know, they reflect <laughs> on misery in society. So a lot of people could take offense to that saying, why don't you just do positive things? Why don't you just say positive things? There's so much negativity around. Um, yes. So, you know, I've never had people say bad things about horror for that reason because everyone understands it's a byproduct of an art form that has a certain mm. aesthetic. Um, okay. So there's, there's that. Um, I think the other thing I talk about, again, which no one complains about, is hypocrisy in society. Mm. I think everyone <laughs> knows and sees and understands it. True, absolutely. And people just want to live their true lives. And when someone tries to dictate... Uh, or police them and say that they can't do things. And for me, a great example is is LGBTQI rights. Uh, it's it's True. nobody's business what someone's sexual orientation is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, and you know, no one should be trying to impose their lifestyle on anyone and mm-hmm. take away rights of people who are LGBTQI and uh, you know remove them from mainstream society and mainstream art 
Uh, we should be doing everything to have a more inclusive society. So even speaking about inclusivity, no one has a reason to complain about it. So really, to this day, no one has um, uh, complained about it. And lastly, I think the third topic that I talk about is, um, and it's odd that I talk about this on social media, but also the fakery on social media is Absolutely. very interesting. Yes, um, yes. You know, that's something I talk about. And again, no one disagrees about that. Everyone knows Absolutely. this. Um, none of the these truth, are yeah. topics that are particularly um, controversial. They're understood. Uh, because, And particularly now, I think after the pandemic, people uh, people just want to be a little bit more authentic. And when, so when people put up uh, photos of themselves being excessively happy all the time, mm. like, you know, <laughs> that's not true. Nobody lives like that. And <laughs> and for this reason, like, you know, even in Indian noir, my, I rarely put photos of myself. Um, mm. And uh, because what's the point? Nobody wants to see my face. And and it's not about my face. It's the art I produce is in an, is in MP3, it's in an MP3 format and can be listened to on an app. That's what I want you to mm. engage with. And occasionally, like, you know, if I go to a wonderful place and I see a nice thing, I snap a photo to share it with mm-hmm. people, but True. never... In with the sentiment that look at my life, it's better than yours. Or uh, it's uh, I always I suppose what what I always try to do is add a message at the end saying, yes, go seek pleasures and happiness. You know, actively make that Ooh. a choice because Ooh. life can get really miserable. And I've really yeah. lived by that um, mm. philosophy for a long time, and I have reaped the benefits of that. Um, so you know, mm. I think when I do those things, that's the reason uh, why I do it. Um, not to induce formal. So if you can see from, I think I've covered all the categories of things that I talk about. So um, I, I can see what you meant by the question. Sure, there might be some people who might take offense mm. to those things, but not the Indian noir crowd. I think Amazing. people who listen to horror are, uh, are, and scientific studies have proven this, even during the pandemic, people who watch horror movies are a lot more resilient than other people uh, because, you know, they mm. have this um, experience wherein they use horror to gain catharsis uh, mm. for darker emotions, you know, sad emotions, um, fears. And so they're the kind of people who can listen to a variety <laughs> of topics and, and really uh, analyze in depth as to what's going on. Um, yeah. And, you know, they're also the kind of people who um, listen to my stories and understand that they can enjoy it at multiple levels. And by that, what I mean is, you know, recently, you know, one of the stories that came out on Indianoir was Duma Beach, a yes. three-parter yes, and yes. you know that story while there are horrifying elements in it it's really about how indians felt during the recent spike in delhi mm. which is being led down by the system that's what this that story really is about being mm-hmm. feeling led down by someone you trust mm. so you know they are a very sophisticated audience um that mm. uh, enjoys sophisticated stories that are also pulpy and entertaining but also enables them to think uh, so f- for that reason, you know, when you engage in, uh, and, and are honest and you comment on things with the crowd like that, they mm. really appreciate the honesty and they take that to think about things and they share their opinion as well. And, you know, and it's it's great to have that interaction. You know, I don't comment on things that I have no control over, like, mm. um, um, you know, over systems or institutions that people constantly complain about them. But <laughs> it's very clear that they don't really... understand how complex some systems are it's Mm. not an individual it might be groups of individuals bureaucracies are huge you know things take time time to change all those things so constantly being complaining and negative and being in a negative space is not something i'm about either so um uh you know uh, but we should 
fight hypocrisy and and fascist um ideals that 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 suppress our um our mm. ability to enjoy lives as normal human beings and it should be about loving and supporting your fellow human beings and i you know and and this is most of the work that i do on social media is to cross promote other podcasters and praise other people and once in a while i'll dip into someone's direct message and send them a word mm. of encouragement and they'll be mm. they'll be surprised and they'll think what's this guy's <laughs> agenda no i don't have any agenda i'm just giving mm. you praise <laughs> because you know um you know as an as an upcoming artist a lot of times in my life no one encouraged me like that so true, i understand true. the value of it so i go and i don't just sit there and be bitter and think oh well i shouldn't <laughs> be doing this to other people because i don't have it i think that you know that's exactly what i should do um exactly. so that they can then pass that on so Absolutely. all in all i think um i've really enjoyed my social media presence and i've had good bonds mm. and good friendships and lots of very intimate connections really Uh, yeah. because people really open up sometimes um about their issues and you know um, and we shouldn't forget that we are living in an increasingly lonely society where people don't really engage and you know sometimes as a podcaster you have a great privilege in that you, mm. they're listening to your voice and they feel like they know you that you know you're their friend or um yeah. you know the the this parasocial relationship develops after a while particularly in podcasting because of um how intimate the voice is Mm, absolutely so uh, one one uh, last uh, piece of conversation uh, before i thank you for for joining uh, on the show today nikesh is every artist in some or the other way is a reader as well uh, now there is this you know uh, predicament that i've come through a lot of times in my life if you read non fiction you cannot be creative only fiction gives you creativity or, or or rather if you're a storyteller you're only supposed to read fiction now what is the what are the genres that you go through in 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 your reading uh, process and uh, your take or or rather your one word of one piece of advice that you would want to give upcoming artists as to how should they approach reading to get better at their art Yeah I think look uh, the the piece of advice is quite easy when it comes to reading you know you should read voraciously if you don't read I don't think there's any art form or task or profession in life that you will get good at um mm. if you don't build the bank of knowledge my reading is um split into a few different um groups okay. there is um Uh, I read a I listen to a lot of audiobooks that are uh, in the science fiction fantasy and horror genre because it's two pronged it uh, allows me to indulge in the fiction writing language but mm-hmm. also improve my uh, my um, narration skills because I'm yes. listening to very skilled narrators so that's one area that I focus on the second area is non-fiction research books that I read uh, constantly mm-hmm. to improve my knowledge on various topics so for example because i write crime i keep keep track of uh, books that uh, talk about uh, different criminal enterprises i read a lot of news articles on that front um you know i i've been studying criminology for a long time because at some stage i really want to write murder mysteries and murder mysteries mm. are the toughest genre to write toughest correct toughest yeah. toughest correct. to do it really properly is very hard but also just True. to Because the thing with fiction writing is you need to know what things are yes. really like to be able to break the rules. 
Yes. Uh, there's no such thing as a realistic fiction story, Correct. you know. Correct. To make it entertaining, you have to break certain rules. True, but, true. you know, there is increasingly, non-fiction books are employing the tools of fiction to make the reading more enjoyable. So there are some books in that genre that are very uh, useful for you as a writer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and then finally, there are things that I read for work that might be mm. more economics-oriented or... Um, uh, you know, then I read a lot of personal personal development stuff. Um, so, for example, I'm going to read a couple of books about uh, dopamine addiction, um, you know, things like that that I can uh, adopt in my life to become better uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a human being um, and also help that might help me with uh, improving my uh, skills as a, as a writer or a... Mm, or a thinker, or someone who um, wants to uh, do better at their work. Um, so, yeah, so so very diverse in, in terms of reading. Um, I watch a lot of YouTube videos on books and movies and uh, all that stuff, and I watch a lot of movies, and I almost consume movies like a book. I watch them very mm. closely and think about them while I'm watching it afterwards. Um, so... Um, you know, so there's, mm. I, I would say I would, that, that's how I would describe my um, reading. Um, obviously, you know, when you read things, take notes and think yeah. about how someone's done something really well. Um, and I think that learning process is very important. Otherwise, you will never learn anything about your craft and mm. also learn about other things um, that are not pertinent to your art. So I, I read a lot of art books because mm. I really want to draw and uh, paint, but I really don't have any skills on that front. Um but still, I do engage in those uh, learnings because mm. I really feel like it really enriches your imagination and you're not uh, bogged down by the same information or same sets of information or the same genres. Um, you know, your brain has the capacity to reach out and learn multiple things. And this all filters into your art um, and also your daily life. Like one thing people tell me always is that I'm a good conversationalist. That's because mm-hmm. I can sit in a, with a group of 10 people and I pretty much know something about everything that they are a specialist in or <laughs> they are interested in. And uh, it's, the re- it's the reading that helps with those, uh, uh, those kind of um, personal traits. Thank you so much, Nikesh, for you know, taking out time for this amazing conversation. I was you know, really, really looking forward to, to our, our conversation. And you know, Abhay and I happen to be you know, part of a, a common community and... You know, I, I asked them that, hey, listen, I want to invite Nikesh on my show, but I was a little hesitant. So, you know, Abhay said, no, Nikesh is, you know, a very, very approachable, very down-to-earth gentleman. You must uh, approach him. And the day we we got a confirmation, I just posted a message on the group saying, hey, we've got, you know, a confirmation or a conversation. And I was super excited and really looking forward to this. So thank you so much, Nikesh. For, no, my you know, pleasure, my pleasure. Time. And, you know, I just am so glad you think that uh, I was approachable because one thing I was upset about is that uh, we have moved the dates a few times. No, um, no. And as I said, um, the reason why I did that is for the benefit of the interview because I was doing too many interviews in a row and I just didn't <laughs> want to repeat the same things. And obviously yeah. in interacting with you, I mean, I realized... Uh, you know, you you have some specific questions you want to know about that are different, and so I wanted to do it the the utmost justice. And I hope that's happened, and people who are listening to this will have something useful to take away. Because as a final parting word, what I want to say is one of the principles that has made Indian noir a success mm-hmm. and has helped me become a successful artist is that I value uh, other people's time. And sometimes Very I can come important. across as rude because of this. 
I mean, because people don't understand what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to value your time to True. give you the Absolutely. best version of me and the best yes. version of what I can say. Um, and I think you should ac- mm. adopt this principle in your life and it'll really, yes. really elevate your personal life and your art form. Because every time I put out an episode, I'm thinking someone's giving me their 15 minutes. Absolutely. Is this going to be a complete waste of their time or are mm. they going to at least get some value for this? And in fact, I used this as a strategy very early on when I kicked off Indian Noir. I, if you noticed, mm. and a lot of people thought I was a bit foolish to do this, but <laughs> some of the early episodes were like five minutes, yes, six yes. minutes, yeah. seven minutes, and then gradually it increased. And what I was doing was I was asking my audience a question. Do you mm. have five minutes to listen to me? And when they said yes, then I gave them seven minutes. Mm. And then I proceeded from that and I reached the point where I realized 20 minutes is the golden spot and that is the you yes. know accepted wisdom. But if a story is so good, they don't really care. They'll sit through it for 45 minutes or 30 minutes, but you yeah. can't test their patience all the time like that. That's for, <laughs> um, that's for only some stories. And um, yeah, so, uh, you know, so, but, mm. but uh, I, I suppose... Thank you for your great questions, and um, I hope um, this is uh, a, has been a useful session for you. And I look forward to the episode coming out and sharing it on my socials. And uh, you know, please do stay in touch. And uh, I will. thank you for the excellent work on you're doing on your podcast. Um, and and great to hear that you are a bibliophile. That's uh, that's, that's I am, excellent. I am, yes. yeah. A bibliophile to an extent that I buy one more book and I'll be sleeping out of the house. My wife and my daughter are going to kick me out. <laughs> <laughs> you and you and I, yeah, we have the same problem. Uh, I, you know, I, I, um, every month I say to myself, "This is it. This, this is, is it. it. I don't need it." Um, but I buy them, and I have to say though, uh, my reading has improved. Uh, reading time has improved yes. since I started yes. the podcast. Yeah, uh, because happens, I appreciate yes. books a lot more now. Hmm. Once upon a time, I used to buy them and they just leave them in the shelf because I thought, you know, it was cool to have hmm. said that I've read it. And I would read half of it and then throw it away. But now I actually make an effort because I think, you know, I have more appreciation as a creator as well as to how much effort right. goes into writing the books. And, you know, I read more specifically now. So, um, yes. So, um, yeah, but still the book buying's out of control. So I don't know. I, soon <laughs> we will both be kicked out and uh, we'll both live on the streets. At least we'll say, you know, we've got our books to sleep on and they'll keep us warm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much, Nikesh, for sparing out your time. I look forward to see you. And once the episode is live, of course, I, I will you know send you the link and I will also tag you on, on the social handle. So thank Please. you once again for sparing your time. No problem. Pleasure. Thank you for tuning in. Do not forget to follow our guests on social media and be a part of their journey. And also, do not forget to follow BK3 Studios. Just search for BK3 Studios on the internet and we will be right at in front of you. Signing off for today, my name is Amandeep Singh from BK3 Studios and I will see you in the next one.